Welcome to the Adventures in Arting podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things art-related. This is episode 109, Marta Harvey Tessellations, recorded on September 28th, 2020. My name is Julie Faye-Fan Balzer, and with me is my co-host, Eileen Schubalzer. Hi, Mom. Hello, honey. How are you? I'm good, and you? I am good. It's uh, It was cold all last week, and now it's boiling hot again and humid. So I've been like, winter clothes, summer clothes, winter clothes, summer It's very confusing. Keep everything. <laughs> My closet disagrees with you. I just don't know. It's true. Um, so some quick things of interest up top here at the beginning of the show. I want to mention my Scan and Cut stencil class, which you can have a Scan and Cut 2 that's like a 350 or a 650. You can have a Scan and Cut DX. I've got videos for both machines. Um, and people are making awesome things. Even if you don't want to make stencils, if you want to learn a lot more about your Scan and Cut intensively, how to use the scanner for all sorts of things, as well as how to use Canvas Workspace um, online, Canvas Workspace for Mac and Canvas Workspace Workspace for PC. This class has it all. I do have um, a gelatin printing class coming up in 2021, and there's a separate mailing list for that, which I will certainly put in the show notes just so that you can be the first to know all about it and what's going on. Um, and then finally is membership. Membership, membership. So membership, monthly membership is a great way um, to connect with other people and to get a little extra content, it's $5.99 a month. And also just to say thank you if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy the blog, if you enjoy a lot of the other free content that I put out there, your $5.99 a month really helps all keep all of that afloat. So I appreciate it. Um, and you can sign up for all of that at balzerdesigns.com. So once again, we are doing recommendations at the top of the podcast because we are two crazy ladies who aren't afraid to uh, put our recommendations right out front so mom what new york times article are you recommending this week well (laughs) actually strangely enough the content of this podcast will mesh beautifully with what uh, i'm recommending it's an article called to build emotional strength expand your brain and the idea behind this article is that in your uh, quest to understand something new, that's a factor in building the kind of resilience necessary to weather setbacks and navigate life's volatility. And it begins with uh, talking about a woman who's a prosecutor. She's a lawyer, obviously, but she has become interested in all kinds of things. She takes webinars and classes, including now she's taking a commercial driver's license program even though she has no interest in becoming a commercial driver but she finds that somehow these things uh, expand her brain and it enables her to focus better on the things she does professionally and that somehow when you try things learn things that change you that are different from what you usually do that it helps you change yourself and to engage with setbacks. And I like that idea. And I actually think you live that idea. And I I think it's an interesting article. And so here's my link. I'm sending it to you. I am 100% hashtag always be learning. I think that 
being a person who, if you're always learning, it means you're always interested in the world. If you're always interested in the world, it means you're not old. I actually don't think that age is associated to a number. I think there are people who are old who are 25, and I think there are people who are young who are 75. Because a lot of it is about how you interact with the world. If you're very sure that you know everything about the world and you are set with, you know, your group of friends and the way that you view the world and your, you know, politics and like you're just like filled with like the absolute like that this is it and you don't need to bring in any more information, then you're old. And I know that I'm using old in a derogatory way here and I hope that you will forgive me for that. But it's maybe it's not old. You're stale. You're done growing. Well, and it's even smaller things. If you think you don't need to eat anything that you've never eaten before, if you, you, you think don't need you to don't go need anywhere, to dress in a way yeah. you know, or or yeah. see a movie that you might not have seen, or uh, change your hairdo, change your makeup, change your any of those things. I mean, I think that the, the point is there's always room for learning, for change, for experimentation, for bringing in new ideas, new information, for, for seeing yourself in new ways, for not always being the same person that you were yesterday. Well, because the article basically is stating that you discover through this process of trying different things or thinking about different things that you can adapt to change that you are more than you think and then when some difficult setback in life comes you have this these experiences of your successful change to help you through the process of adapting to whatever the the setback is and I think that's a useful way of thinking about learning. So I'm going to have to, I'm not going to take a commercial driver's licensing program. But there might be something else you're interested in. Exactly. The point is just to take something that you think would be interesting. And And I will say, like, in a sort of very small way, you know, um... I can see that, uh, for instance, Steve, who's back in college now, uh, back in school, he uh, has not always felt that academics were his thing. And coming back at it from an adult perspective and with a different point of view, like it's so interesting to see him interacting with learning in a totally different way than I think he did sort of the first time around when he went to college, you know, at, at 19 or 18, like so many other people. And I think that uh, many people, for instance, had a bad experience learning art. And so they have this idea that they're not good at art or they're not good at learning art or that art classes aren't good. But it's like that was the wrong teacher. That was the wrong time. That was the wrong whatever. And it's like, try it again. So I think there's so much in it about constantly um, trying it again, trying new learning, like new tastes. They say you have to try things seven times before you can truly determine whether you like them or hate them. So guess I have to try durian again. Uh, okay, so my, my recommendation. I've had kale. I've made up my mind. You've made up your mind. I've had kale more than seven times. I have a very strong opinion about it. Um, so I, my recommendation is not quite as brainy as yours, but I would say it's more useful. <laughs> Although we could debate that point, which is my very helpful studio assistant, my Yeti cup. What is a Yeti cup and why would anybody want it? And why is it called a Yeti cup? So I have the stupid cup. (laughs) I have a huge 30 ounce cup and it uh, keeps cold liquids cold 
and hot liquids hot. And you think, why does this matter? Well, in the morning, I can fill it with ice and there's still ice in it, even sometimes the next morning, but certainly very much throughout the whole day so that I can have like cold water or cold Diet Coke or cold anything. And the other way works too. I can fill it with coffee in the morning and I can still have hot coffee at two o'clock and then it's sort of like warm coffee by five or six o'clock. But it's like, it's just really nice, particularly because my studio is on the third floor and it's just, it's like I have this wonderful either hot or cold beverage station all day long. Such a simple thing. It's just a cup, but it makes me happy every single day. So that is my recommendation. Get you a Yeti cup. They do have some knockoffs, which I think probably work too, but that's just the the original brand, I believe, is called Yeti, which is called why it's called a Yeti cup. There you go, Mom. I bet you don't have a Yeti cup. You're correct. But your birthday's However, coming. I walk up and down the stairs to the kitchen. <laughs> Fine. That, well, I walk up and down the stairs all the time. I have to get the baby all the time. But nonetheless, it just makes it really nice to know that I'll always have a perfectly uh, cold or hot beverage. Anyway, let us get into our show. We have a great guest today. Uh, I'm really excited for you to talk to her. Our guest today is Marta Harvey. Now, originally from Portugal, but now living in the Boston area, which means I have been lucky enough to meet Marta in person because I also live in the Boston area. Um, Marta loves to draw and design patterns, and you may know her from her beautiful hand-carved blocks, which she uses as a starting point for her art. And each hand-carved block creates a unique pattern, ranging from simple ironwork-inspired patterns to complex tessellations, varying from flowers and leaves to whimsical animals. And Marta, I definitely feel like I think of tessellations when I think of your name. Do okay. you, uh, is that something that came like naturally to you or is that something that's been sort of later in your art career? Later. Definitely later. Well, so for people who don't even know what a tessellation is, do you mind sort of, it's hard to explain <laughs> a little bit without being able to show it, but can you tell us sort of the gist of what it is? Uh, yes, yeah. so these are shapes that interlock with each other and form, like, form the whole, um, fill out the whole plane, so the whole page, less, if you're thinking about a, a piece of paper, with uh, sort of like puzzle pieces, right? And they're all the same, they can be different, but they're usually all the same and they fit into each other. And I, I think the it. most famous tessellation artist that yeah. I know of is M.C. Escher. Do you know someone yeah. else? No, he's no, he's the most famous, the uh, unbelievable. He's unbelievable. And the, also, the funny thing is, like, I mean, oh, nowadays a lot of times tessellations are created with computers and using, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. But he really was hand doing all of them. Yes, which is quite amazing. It is, but I have to say, so I've done some tessellations, and in fact, in the upcoming Carve December class, I have a small lesson on tessellations, but you put together a lesson on tessellations for the Carve December class, and it blew my mind because you actually made it, I think I wrote you this, you made it so simple, yes. and I realized how dumb I am that I have been doing it in a way more complicated way, and I was so impressed because you made it seem like, oh, it's so, it's just so easy and simple. Well, it is if you know how to do it. Let's put it this way. <laughs> you know, it's sort uh, of like a math problem. Sometimes it, there's many, there are many ways 
to get to the answer, and some are more complicated than others. But uh, actually, tessellations are are also a, a subheading of a school of math. I mean, there are just a lot of interesting things if you start looking into it. I I, I love your stuff, Marta. I was just Thank looking you. at your Instagram, and I could get lost <laughs> in your Instagram. Thank let's, you. Let's talk about um, your art journey, because you did mention that the tessellations have come sort of more towards the end. I mean, not that this is the end, but more towards the middle part or whatever part we're in right now. So yeah. how how did your art journey begin? Take us through it. Um, okay, so um, I started out taking some courses in um, when I was in college with, um, I was actually in the U.S., so I moved to the U.S. Um, and um, I started taking some courses and uh, I needed some electives uh, that didn't use too much English because English was just not <laughs> not something that I could actually speak. So um, math uh, definitely was one of the cor those courses um, and um that's and, pretty uh, brave, by the way, to come to the U.S. for school when you don't speak a lot of English. That's amazing. Well, I didn't come for school. Let's just put it this way. I came uh, for my uh, sweetheart. Uh, mm. <laughs> he's American. Um, so we met in Portugal and um, I we, we got married and I came. So I was 20 did not know much English at all. So it was like, okay, uh, I definitely want to go to college because I hadn't started yet in Portugal. Different system anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, I started taking some courses, some English courses in um, a, a community college and, um, and then took some courses that didn't, need a lot of English, right? So um, math was one of them um, because I was quite comfortable with math and um, and I, I was going for computer science anyway, so I was going to need a lot of math. So um, and then I took some electives in art and um, I started doing some and I met someone, uh, one of my teachers who was um, really incredible. And she did these uh, unbelievable um, drawings with pen and ink and uh, inks um, of trees. And I'm like, oh my goodness, these are so beautiful. So I didn't mean to I mean I didn't mean to I, I didn't copy her but trees started fascinating me and I know I don't know years and years I just drew a lot of trees um, so uh, that was basically the beginning uh, of my um, art fascinating fascination by the way um, when you say she was incredible did you mean she was an incredible artist or she was an incredible teacher or kind of both 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 will you talk a little bit about what made her an incredible teacher yeah she 
she spent a lot of time with each one of us and tried to think of well she basically figured out what made us stick and what interested us and she encouraged us in that specific area and i mean i i i see that she was special just because she was everyone in the in our um class had a completely different um a set of let's say pieces of art at the end everyone was so unique and she encouraged that so um i really enjoyed i can't even remember her name anymore i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's awful uh, it's, it's not so... i mean i think sometimes people come into your life and you remember the gifts that they gave you even if you yes. don't necessarily remember something as specific as their name and i think that i know as a teacher i don't need i don't need a student to know my name i'm very thrilled if they can take whatever gifts that i've given them during you know our time together Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. So I meant, as you know, I'm a championship Olympic level interrupter. Please continue uh -huh, on. So you got okay. you got bitten by the bug, and yeah. what happened next? Yeah. But then, um, so I had two little kids um, at the time. I started um, going to school full time. So then, by this time, I'm at Northeastern. So you know, uh, I don't know if you well. You probably do know Northeastern. It goes, um, you do, um, you work, and then you have um, a period of, of school. Then you go back to work. And what happened with me was that while I was in school, um, I kept my, my, my job, my co-op job, as a um, part-time job. So, um, Northeastern was pretty expensive at the time, at least for me it was. So, um, we, we sort of tried to manage it that way. And um, with two little kids and all of that, so art sort of disappeared for, for a very long time. Um, when I finally, my kids were old enough um, to be a little bit more independent then um, uh, a lot of groups started appearing online and I'm like oh now I have a little bit more time let you know, let me uh, get into this and um, get some groups and I started learning about mixed media and um, stamp carving and all of that stuff and it was so fun and um i had no basically i had pen and ink um and um uh paper that's about and pencils that's about all my uh supplies art supplies i had up to that point all of a sudden there's this <laughs> crazy thing going on and I'm getting uh, collecting any birthdays I have I'm like asking for gift certificates for art art um, supply stores and stuff so it started growing and with it um, a lot of different um, art 
uh, different art and crafts, and, and it was like I wanted to try everything. It was, um, and it's still a little bit hard to keep to a couple of things. It's like focus. You don't have much time focus. <laughs> so I find I, it I really hard that... to just stick. I mean, I, I, I think that variety is the spice of life. And I think different things inform other things. And I don't know why there's this like mania, which I think there really is for being a narrow person who's only dedicated to like a single thing like in any other aspect of your life you would never say like you know put blinders on and don't be interested in everything else I mean in fact I I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast before but um one of the things I was reading an article recently that like all these different CEOs have in common is that they read an enormous amount and especially outside of their area you know of interest and I think like that's something that's been on my mind a lot which is why do we insist on this you can be really good at something but still be interested in lots of other things you know what I mean I do and <laughs> and I am and that's <laughs> and that's the problem um <laughs> Because if if you do, I mean, and, and you 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 have your art business, right? So if you're trying to build something, you need you definitely need at least to have some focus so that you know people recognize you for for your work and um, and you're focused on your goals as well, right? So one of my goals is that you know couple years from now I like to just stop working and having do art all day uh, have an art business right but for me to get there I know the steps I have to go through and I can't be um, trying out all of these different things that pull me because I, I would never even get to the first big step that I need to get to do you know what I mean I do and this gets so much into and we've talked about it before in the podcast but I always think it's worth talking about which is that an art business is so different from being an art maker yes and that you lose a lot of um freedom in some ways when you start having an art business because the business is a business (laughs) And it takes up an enormous amount of time and you do have to somewhat narrow what you do. People do, um, people do get confused when you start offering, you know, a thousand different things. It becomes one of those restaurants where the menu is so large that you just get overwhelmed by, you know, what to order as opposed to something where you go and it's a single page and it's like, okay, this, 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 very easy to understand. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean you don't do what you like and <laughs> yeah it's and, absolutely uh, true and it also doesn't mean I mean just the way that you were able to delay gratification so to speak while you were working and going to school and raising your children you know knowing that art was there in the background it doesn't mean that you can't do those other kind of projects but it means that maybe instead of being able to work on something you know like I currently have in my schedule I don't always stick to it um, mm. but I've been trying very hard to have one day a week in which I try to do a personal project, something that is just art that I'm interested in, as opposed to art that's for a purpose. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I often, like, if I'm behind on stuff, will chuck that day and end up doing work, which I know is bad. And I would tell any of my, like, coaching clients or any of my, you know, friends or anything like that, I would tell them, you're crazy. Don't do that. You need to spend that personal development time. But, um, you know, I do think that it's important to try to separate out that time for yourself in which you are pursuing things just because you're curious and your brain is quirking around about it. Otherwise, I actually think that your brain starts to get like, you start to get a kind of a whiny, I don't want to do this about the work because you haven't let yourself have any playtime. Not that I'm going to become an axe murderer, but like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, (laughs) you know, all work and no play makes Julie a very dull girl. What kind of business are you interested in having? I mean, I don't expect you to have a whole business plan here. I'm just curious what you imagine the ideal kind of business for yourself would be. So I, different things, uh, for sure. Um, I would like to sell some of my um, original art. Um, some prints. I do have um, some products in print-on-demand sites. Those, um, those are, are, are there are some that I really, really, really love. So even to buy myself for myself. Um, I've seen some of your scarves, by the way, which are gorge. I love those scarves. I tell you, I never wore scarves in my life. <laughs> Until I I got some of those prints on the scarves and I really really love them, um, so those are some of the things. And I like I like to have some of the the products around me, even something as simple as a mug or um, a mouse pad or something like that, a bag to go shopping. Um, anyway. And you launched a website, right? Just a few weeks ago, just a sort of a beginning on this. Yes. So, yes. So, um, my I got my son son to help me. It was like, okay, it's not so scary if I do it <laughs> with someone else. So, he helped me with uh, some of the technical things. It's a WordPress Um so I'd never worked with WordPress before. So I was like, okay, can you help me with this? So he did. And of course, most of the work is how do you want your website to look, right? So that's all on you. Um, so um, it was fun. It did take a lot of time. But um, but I'm happy with it. Actually, it feels like me that site feels like me so i'm I'm happy about it what's Um, the um url if people want to visit it martaharveyart.com and harvey is spelled h-a-r-v-e-y yes cool all word so um yeah but so i think um what i've learned is that you can't just to have some kind of a business uh, especially art, I don't think you can have just one stream of of um, income unless you're really, really great at it. Uh, I'm 
I'd rather spend my time doing making art. So of course I need to have um, a bunch of th different areas or income streams, and I think that's what I'm I'm going for. I lean to answer your question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think Julie has has been working around this issue for almost her entire art career, and uh, it's been very interesting to me to see how she has managed to uh, find new little niches and little openings into things that have turned into other things. Sometimes you're not even looking for something, and then it just shows up. The whole brother thing came about by chance, mm. for example. Yeah, I mean, I think I truly believe that nothing you do is wasted energy. So, and this is what I mean about being interested in lots of different things. So let's say you took a cooking class for some reason and you became really dedicated to making souffles, right? And mm -hmm. you spent like a lot of your free time making souffles and you think, well, this was a lark and it means absolutely nothing. And I would say, no, I think you may not know when or why, but at some point that experience is gonna come back and be helpful to you. You know, it, it may be that it's an entry into a conversation with somebody who ends up helping you get somewhere you need to go. It may be that some Something you learn during the souffle making process ends up coming up you know and being a useful tool when you're working on something it may be that there was a tool from the souffle making that suddenly makes it into your artwork I mean I, I just believe that we are um, we are more we are like more than the sum of our parts and that every little thing you do contributes in some way to create you know this sort of overall picture of who you are and uh sort of all the stuff that you're able to do so yes multiple income streams yes interested in different things but yes you know hone your business and sort of figure out what you're interested in and i would say you know i think that it is you're sort of going into this i feel like eyes wide open and i, I feel like yep. you're in a really exciting like i'm excited for you i think this is a really exciting period to be right on the precipice of starting something new and you're at the point where sort of like there are so many possibilities which is both scary and exciting and interesting and i think it's going to be an awesome ride thank you yeah i'm i'm excited myself <laughs> now a lot of this is enabled by the internet which yes. uh, so the only thing I would say from watching Julie and her uh, struggles with her career is you have to either have somebody you have your son right now uh, who can help you with internet issues or you have to educate yourself about them or you have to hire someone at various points because if your internet is an is a roadblock it will stop your progress right i agree julie just had her entire computer <laughs> shut down oh no just totally yes my gonzo. sad 2013 mac uh which you Ooh. know i mean in the end i am very I, these days in these in these pandemic days let me tell you the incredible lesson that i have learned it's just a thing in the end it's just a thing right and it's a pain in the butt and it's like a whole business but the good news is i have redundancy upon redundancy of backup so in the end it's just time and it's just a thing and i've just i feel in a weird way 
And it's hard for me to separate whether it's having a child or whether it's a pandemic since they both kind of came at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my attitude about a lot of stuff has just relaxed. Like, nobody's sick. Nobody's dying. Do you know what I mean? In the yes. great scheme of things, our house isn't on fire. Like, you know, I mean, there's just so many ways in which it could be worse. And so I'm, I find myself just sort of releasing some of that tension and upset or whatever and saying just thing uh as a friend of mine said to me and i've always remembered it's not a real problem if you can solve it with uh a credit card and a phone book and i think that's fair to say of course there's no phone book anymore it's true but you know what i mean if you can solve it with the internet with a google search and you know a credit card it's not a real problem and i think that's true because the real problems are the things that you just can't do anything about and that is terrifying and i i think but this also gets back to some of the stuff about like having a business and having multiple income streams which is um you know if a real problem is something you can't do anything about i feel like i always want to feel like i have agency and by having multiple income streams it really means that old thing about when a door closes it doesn't matter because you've got 12 more doors yes you know and i think that's really important because again if you're focused on like a single income stream and a single idea and a single everything when that door closes your world shuts down and then your business shuts down and your creativity shuts down and your self-worth shuts down and 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 whereas i think you know uh if you have multiples then it's like it's upsetting it's disappointing but there's still other stuff to deal with can we talk for just a moment about when tessellations entered your life? Yes. So, um, uh, when I first started um, with those online, uh, like I said, groups, it was Yahoo groups at that time, um, I started doing a lot of um, art um, trading card type of stuff do you uh atcs you, yes, you've heard i remember yes. fondly <laughs> by the so way for I, people who don't know what atcs are will you just explain the sort of gist of it yes um these are um really small so i think two and a half by three and a half inches uh i don't remember what that is in centimeters but um um, small uh, pieces of uh, art um, that you create and you trade with another artist um, and um, it's a really fun um, way of collecting uh, art from other people that you admire and if they're willing to trade with you then um, then uh, your collection is going to grow, right? Um, this turned into uh, a, a very big thing. I mean, when was this? Uh, early 2000s? I don't remember. Maybe even before. I honestly, I hate to say I'm at this point in my life when the years blur together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> me too. So, um, so uh, then uh, some people who were not really artists, so they couldn't trade, they started um, thinking, oh my goodness, I would love to have some of these little pieces of art as well. But 
they weren't artists and they they couldn't create something that you know other people would like to trade with so they started selling some of these now they 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 the selling of them became a, a different name but it was basically the same thing except that you you got some money out of it so I did sell um, quite a quite a bit of those uh, and what I loved about it is that I could experiment and um, and I did my goodness I tried so many techniques and so many different things and I was like completely in love with just exploring different techniques um, and um, one of these was like okay I want to do a tessellation okay Julie if you think um, you could <laughs> I it took me this first tessellation I did way back um, it took me days uh of course i had like maybe an hour a day but still several many many hours to do this and not even looking at anything online um or anything it's like i need to figure this out so i made one tessellation and um it was like oh my goodness this took me so long i will never do another one again um and so um, what happened was uh, when I saw actually your book came out and in it, I think you had a chapter on tessellations, didn't you? I have a chapter sort of, it's not specifically on tessellations, but on stamps that somehow go together and rotate and fit together. Okay. Somehow I got the idea okay, I'm going to look at these tessellations now. So then I looked online and I saw these um, uh, programs that you can actually go in and just start manipulating a square or a rectangle or a triangle. And then you have a tessellation shape. So with that, I said, oh my goodness, now this would be perfect to create a stamp with this. And now I don't need to draw it every single time. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just going to stamp it. So that first one actually was, an, it had an inverse. So I had to create two stamps. Uh, but those were my first stamps. And then I left it for a while. I got into patterns and different kinds of patterns um, and did a lot of art with, with the, the, the blocks that I created. A lot of them with leaves and trees and that sort of thing. And, um, but so it was... Basically, recently, uh, well, fairly recently, recently, we mean like maybe in the last five years, <laughs> that I went back to tessellations and say, oh my goodness, there's this um, new app or there's this new thing I can use. Uh, and basically, that's when I started creating more and more shapes and then drawing inside of the shapes. So that's 
how it evolved and it basically it was also the feedback that i got already when i was posting them and especially those little um videos of you printing the the tessellations that people like oh my goodness this is so fun it was like well then you you sort of take it from there right so that's how it evolved and how many years have you participated in carve december it probably was maybe not the first one that you did but after that the year after that since then so that's a long time, and I'm pretty sure you've been doing tessellations for most of that time. At least that's what I really remember from most of your carves. Maybe for maybe the second, maybe the second or third one. Yeah, I started doing some tessellations, and then um, most of the ones last year and the year before were pretty much tessellations. It's. I always think it's interesting when you find something that people just go crazy for and i think people do go crazy for your tessellations it's like i liken it once i said to somebody i'd had this i had this dream since i was a little girl that i wanted to work in the theater and i always said it you know if you read my fifth grade paper i'm sure it says i want to be you know i want to be in the theater um and so i was and it was hard it was hard every step of it was hard getting jobs was hard you know even like the academics of i have a degree in theater and even you know i had to force myself to read a lot of the books and i wasn't that interested in it and then something happened in art and it was easy i wanted to read the things i enjoyed you know learning about stuff i found myself you know getting work started to be like easier than it was to do my theater job and it was this crazy idea of like somehow i had found this thing by accident that was easy instead of hard and mm -hmm. uh and that is such an i don't know i feel like that's an incredible moment when something like that happens to you in your life where you end up where you're supposed to be maybe instead of where you thought you should be but by yes. easy you don't mean that you don't have to work at it no of course i don't mean i have to work at it everybody has to work at it but i mean i what i mean by is it you wasn't look forward to the work i look forward to the work it didn't seem you know uh it didn't seem as arduous uh i found it, i don't know how else to put it than to say like just because something you say something isn't hard doesn't mean that there isn't work involved and what i what i mean by that is like um you know basketball players like a professional basketball player probably works out you know many many hours each day and does all sorts of stuff now that they they may work out hard do you know what i mean and do a lot of likes you know stuff that a normal person couldn't do but it doesn't mean that they find the workout hard i don't know how else to put it it's not that it's easy like they're walking in the park but it's just it's 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 in rhythm for them it's part of their being i don't think i'm doing a very good job explaining it but partially because i think these words are so black and white easy and hard right I think it's more like the first time I sat down at the sewing machine and I'm still not a very good sewer, but it's like, I, I understood it. I got it. It felt right. That doesn't mean that sewing isn't hard, but it is also easy at the same time. <laughs> How's that for confusing? Very clear, clear as mud. No, I think, no, I think, I think it makes sense. And I think the, maybe the difference is, 
how much pleasure it brings you. Yeah. Because if you if you if it's not fun for you, then chances are it's going to be harder. If you enjoy it and at least I, I'm speaking from my own experience, it's like, okay, that was really, really hard. It was not fun. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna do that again. But maybe later on, like years years from now or even months or whatever, it was like, oh, now I enjoy this. Okay, now it becomes a lot easier to do than before. Yeah. Even though the work might be the same. I was going to say, it actually reminds me of the tessellation thing you were talking about where it took you like yeah. several days. And yet you were dogged and you were determined and you were going to spend those <laughs> oh. several days doing it. So like, yes, that was hard. And yes, that was work. But in a way, it was also easy. Because if you ask me like, uh, you know, I'm much more likely to just give up on a math problem, personally speaking. You know, if it if it got too hard, then I am like with a design problem, I'm going to poke it and poke it and poke it and poke it and poke it until I figure it out. And there's somebody else in the world who has spent the last 17 years of their life working on a math proof, you know, because they're just poking and poking and poking it until they can desperately try to figure it out because to it it lights up their brain. So it doesn't mean it's not hard and it doesn't mean it's not work, but it also does mean that it's easy in a funny way. Yeah. We have to redefine then, some of these words. Yeah. But, but you know, some, uh, some of the tessellations now, the way I, I, um, in that class that for December, um, the way we did it there, it's really so, so much easier than oh my anything God, it's so much easier. I ever thought. <laughs> I was like, I never thought it could be these this easier. I would have done them a lot earlier on. But well, and this anyway. is this is the wonderful thing about taking a class. Like I I am like you and like a lot of other people. I'm just stubborn. I don't want to read the instructions, and I just want to like <laughs> fi like just figure, figure it out. It I'm just out. gonna push my head against the wall until I figure it out. But every now and then it's like I take a class and I'm like, oh, it's so much easier than I thought. Yeah. And that's sort of this. By the way, I so two things, which is one, I notice on your list of things that you're going to offer in your business, they're all sort of variations of selling, you know, artwork either on something as a print or as an original. But you don't mention teaching anywhere. And yet you are teaching this uh, this lesson as part of the Carve December class. So a couple questions, which is, A, is this your first online teaching experience? And B, um, are you interested in doing more online teaching or is that not something that uh, that floats your boat? So answer number one is yes, it is my first time. And uh, two, yes, I would love to because I really do think that anyone can do it um most of the uh, most of our of the things i do i don't think you need special talents for you just it's just knowing the process and just knowing how to do it things that have maybe took me years to figure out but they're so simple when you break it down into small steps and i think anyone can do it um and 
after I did that, um, that class, I was like, oh, I can do this because truthfully, I spent a little bit of time on each one of those um, different types of tessellations, but I could just spend, I don't know, half an hour or one hour on each one yeah. because there's so many things that you can add to it. You can change this or you can change that or you can do different things, explore different areas of that one. So I would say absolutely like your lesson is what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, something like that. Yeah. And without question, like it could be hours and hours of content. It's like a taster of the possibilities and it definitely shows you the method, but I can see how you could go deep, deep, deep into the intricacies of everything. Yeah. And there are different ways as well. Uh, of doing it this is just one way and was specifically thinking about carving stamps after you've you've drawn it right but if you're not even thinking about carving the stamps um, then you can think about the invert some of the the things that include inverting the stamps so that if you're create inverting the tessellation the shape right I don't do too many. You do some computer-generated stuff, right? Right. Um, Well, I have been doing it. Now I'm thinking I want to do some of these just beginning to end. It's all manual. And that can be done as well. But you can also invert, and then you get into different types. But if you're doing uh, stamps... If you start inverting things, that means you're going to start to have to create not just one stamp, but two, because now you have the invert, inverse stamp or shape. Do you know what I mean? I do. It's the, uh, it's the MC Escher with what is the famous, like, is it a fish and a bird or something? And they basically fit together, repeated over and over and over again. Um, I, well, that you can do with any of them, actually. You can split the shape into two or three and have different things inside of that shape, for sure. But if you, in these that I showed, none of them inverted. So you can only have, you don't need to have more than one stamp. You can if you want, but the shape is always the same. But there are some tessellations where the, sh- the shape inverts itself. So for you to create a piece, you need, uh, with carved stamps, you need to have two stamps, carved two stamps, one the invert of the other, inverse of the other. Yeah, I'll try to find I don't that know. fish and the bird thing, because I think it is like that, where it's two oh, different shapes, okay. and they link okay. together, but I'm not totally sure, so I'll go looking for it and see if I can't yeah. find I'm going to write that down, because <laughs> I'm the queen of forgetfulness, and make sure that I can find those two things together. Okay, so, uh, Mom, you've been quiet, quiet. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Well, I'd like to ask uh, Marta, what have you been doing during quarantine that you think you might, you know, when we're all staying home, uh, that you might not have turned to if you had been able to go on with normal life? 
So the website was definitely one of the things. Uh, so I work, um, I work full time, well, more than full time. Um, so that piece has been um, constant, except that I don't commute now. So I work from home. Um, but then with the time that usually you would spend, you know, going out with friends or um, doing other type of th- types of things, uh, also with the with my son at home, then it's like, oh, let's do the let's do the site now. And this was like perfect for me. I mean, I don't like the the the, the <laughs> pandemic. Obviously, I don't think anybody does. But it was like it, you know, it just took advantage of us being here and not having a lot of extra activities um, after work work done was was over. So that was that was helpful for me. We got it done um, faster than I, I I thought we could. Julie, you've been doing, uh, you said the baby and the pandemic sort of arrived together, so it's hard to tell. It uh, is. I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, I will say that I don't know if I am more productive right now than I was when the baby first came because, so the baby came in, so just timeline-wise, the baby came at the end of November, and we were in our houses by March. So he was December, January, February. So he was about four months old, a little less than four months old when we all went inside. Um, and so I don't know if because I haven't been traveling, I'm a little more productive now, or if it's because I am managing being a parent better than I was at the beginning, you know. Um, and again, like I think for me, these two things are always going to be linked together is the having a little baby and being in this pandemic. I mean, Steve and I had a conversation the other day where we were like, you know, will we ever know whether new parent life is different than this or if this is sort of what it really is? And the answer is you can't know, right? It just sort of, I guess everybody's experience is different. I'm sure that people have all sorts of crazy, uh, you know, experiences like that. But what I was going to say is for me, one of the things that has been a huge pivot during the pandemic has been teaching live online classes. I've always taught work at your own pace online classes, but the live online classes as opposed to the in-person classes has been a big change. And I have actually loved it to the point where I really, I really wonder if I'll go back to doing a ton of in-person teaching post pandemic because to not have to travel is huge. It's, and with so many stores no longer, uh, even before the pandemic not being in operation, there just there were fewer and fewer places to teach. And like you know, I had people in a class last week from Norway and from Chicago and from you know all over the place. And it's so nice to be able to reach all those different places. And it it also allows for um, so like my upcoming boot camp classes. You know, that's five weeks twice a week. You could never do that in person because people's in-person schedules just never work out to allow right. that kind of commitment, you know, mm-hmm. and this way they do. So I don't know. I'm And also people have all their supplies. I have all my supplies. Somebody asks a question, I can literally, you know, in two seconds put my hands on the thing they're asking about, whereas I wouldn't be able to do that on the road. I don't know. They're just, I really think the the biggest positive for me to come out of this pandemic is to know that live online teaching is 
it works. You can see the students. You can see their work. You can have real conversations. You can have one-on-one. -on -one, you can, you know, there's, I really like it. I don't know how else to put it. I really, really like it. Yeah. Have you taken any live online classes, Marta? Uh, no, not live. Uh, I do enough live <laughs> at work. <laughs> <laughs> I do hear from that from all people day. that they're on Zoom all the time and they don't want to have to deal with it off hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I try not to because, um, well, I, I all, all, not all my work, but half of my day basically is on conference calls with people all over the world. So um, it's then after my day is done, it's like, oh, I really don't, don't want to get on the computer um, or live on class day on classes or anything like that. It's like I need to some time for um, downtime, basically. I think away from important. the computer yeah you know i worry that children who go to school uh on distance learning right now and they spend yeah. all that time on us on a screen yeah. whether that's going to turn them off to some of the things like reading or whatever where they're just tired of using that part of their brain and they want to do something different i'm just or plus the socialization i just i'm worried i'm about this distance learning, even though I understand the need for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's true of so many things. Like, and you and I have certainly had this talk, you know, in Re the baby about, you know, what is it going to be that he hasn't spent any time with other little kids? And he, <laughs> we haven't even really had to have a, like, we share our toys conversation because we, we don't have to share our toys. Mommy and daddy don't want them, you know. And like, I just think there's right. a he lot. doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't, he doesn't go, go anywhere. To the mall. He doesn't yeah. go to the yeah. supermarket. He doesn't, you know, go to a restaurant. Mm. He doesn't see other kids uh, or other adults around him. I think right. he's sort of uh, fascinated and surprised and maybe slightly threatened when he sees new adults. I, I just, uh, I hope that all goes away. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know what the effects will be. I said to Steve the other day, I was like, maybe he'll be very wary of strangers, which is never a bad thing because, like, we stay six feet away from everybody and we don't, you know, approach strange people and we, you know, stay to ourselves. And maybe he just will, I don't know, I hope he's not an agoraphobic. <laughs> I hope this doesn't, like, create something weird there. But I will say I took him out for a walk the other day. He did lick a uh, pole of a uh, stop sign so i do at least feel like he's getting some good bacteria in his system you know so it's the little things like that that uh you know keep him going and keep him normalized anyway it looks like we're just about out of time so um marta where can people find you online online so Instagram is basically, I, I do have Facebook, but Instagram is where I am the most. And uh, my ID is Marta Harvey Art. All one word. Perfect. And mom, anything you would like to add before we go? Not a thing. Perfect. <laughs> Just the way I like you. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Um, so as always, you can find me at juliebalzer.com or on Instagram as Balzer Designs. We'd love to hear from you. We want you to participate in Carve December. Remember, Carve December is totally free and fun to participate in um, on Instagram, or you can take the class um, with Marta and me and lots of fun other people. Um, so please send us an email or leave a comment if you enjoy the show. And we we love it if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and uh, mention us on your social media because that always helps other people find the show. So thanks so much for listening and subscribing and we'll see you the next time on the Adventures in Arting podcast. <laughs>